0: Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors, with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm
1: host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal
0: growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host Brian Hoffmeyer, here with my co host Ben Brandell. And today we're going to be talking to you guys about an awesome program that we had recently. We're going to be talking about public schools and education, particularly outdoors. And hopefully we'll find some feedback from you guys on social after you guys listen to this podcast. So Ben, why don't you start us off by telling us, uh, first give us the name of this program that we ran last week. It was impactful for us. That's why we wanted to share it. So why don't you kick us off with that program?
1: Last week, we ran a program for a local public school and we titled it the Survival Final. So, over the last, well, over their whole s- last couple semesters, um, they've been working on food, fire, shelter, water, their basics. And, and then and, we got to and first aid, too. And first aid, yeah. yes. And we got to come in and um, really help them with their final, um, put their skills to the test.
0: They're putting all those skills they've been learning all year. It's like a final exam. But what was cool was where this classroom is. Where's is this classroom?
1: In the outdoors. In the forest. Mm hmm. And so getting them out there, first off, as they arrived, um, you could actually tell they were nervous.
0: They were, yeah, we even asked them, uh, they, we had to, they had to give us one word to describe how they were feeling.
1: Right. And a lot of them shared anxious. Um, some others shared, um, nervous. Dirt. One, one person <laughs> said dirt. Yeah. felt like dirt, you which. said,
0: I don't know what that means. But.
1: Yeah. There was no clarification in that, but, um, but yeah, so once they arrived, um, and we got them organized, got them ready, gave them a scenario of the actual survival scenario, what was yeah. taking it was place. Little,
0: it was a little far-fetched, but it was fun to create It was, scenario. yeah.
1: And that's what's so fun about running any kind of outdoor educational programs is
0: get creative. Yeah, we know? had buses blowing up, yep. figuratively. Figuratively. Survival supplies flying up in the air, landing in trees, and uh, basically, we're just trying to get them in the mindset that uh, they're here. They've got to show their survival skills. Otherwise, they might not make it back.
1: Yeah, while all that stuff was blowing around and, and scattered everywhere is we actually was running a, a land nav, so they had to find their, we call it a treasure chest, but yeah. their cash to, to help them to fulfill their, their skills, the, yeah. the skills they had to show.
0: So we had taken some bags, and uh, each of the bags had a few survival supplies. and So they were going to be allowed to use what they had with them. They all had a backpack. Um, most of them had like a change of clothes or bandana or something in their backpack, and then the survival supplies that we put in these bags, we gave them um, steps and direction off their compass to go, and they had to go find these bags before they could even start um, trying to cover their their uh, priorities for survival.
1: And that was the challenges given them the steps. That would actually kind of give them the the direction to kind of go, but not to give them too much where they they'd have to follow it step by step. So, um, and also
0: we're grown men stepping it off for fifth graders.
1: Yeah, I mean, which we learned a lot on on running that one as well, Um, because we want to allow these kids to have the freedom to um, to do it on their own, to not have um, someone over their shoulder saying you're doing this right or you're doing this wrong.
0: And the balance really for us creating these programs is giving these kids enough. Freedom—that mm-hmm. they are learning and growing, but at the same time, it's our responsibility to keep them safe. Correct. So it can't just be completely willy nilly.
1: Yeah, and, and again, we set the expectations before we started in boundaries, and and yeah, we kept it safe. But as they got out there, you know that 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 um, energy they were having the 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 anxiety. They said they were feeling the nervousness, you know, as you release them to go do that. I mean, that's when, when you see it release and the fun starts, they begin their journey and it was awesome.
0: You know, something kind of, kind of scary to me is several of them used that word anxiety. Thinking back to being a fifth grader in our time, I don't even know that I knew what the word anxiety was.
1: That's a really good point. Cause I don't know if I did either thinking back and looking at, you know, nerves yeah, I use I would have a lot. probably
0: said nervous, but yeah. these kids are so aware um, in this hypersensitive culture of angst and and what anxiety is. That's mm-hmm. uh, kind of a scary thought.
1: A little bit, and, and I think getting outdoors actually fixes I, some of that. Helps yeah. with some of kind that. Kind of restores. Sure. Yeah, it restores. Yeah, definitely. But
0: so once they found their cash, yeah, they they, do? they
1: found their little treasure chest and they begin to to really, as a team. Um, I believe it was most of the groups were in five, so we have five kiddos in each group and. They went out and they had to complete food, fire, shelter, and water, and so those were the four skills they had to prove that they could do, yeah. and um, it was awesome. It was awesome to watch all them work together.
0: There's power in them doing it in teams and not saying them all out to accomplish this individually too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they they worked together. Some teams did. Some teams did Some not work together, right. and um, and it was awesome to see how they um, the ones that were first passionate about outdoors and survival like the study of survival you could tell the kids were the the ones that were just they had been studying and studying right i mean they were they hit the ground running they some
0: some even had their parents take them out to this location to practice yes before the day Of the final.
1: Yeah, that's just how much they wanted to to do it right, yeah. which is so cool. It um, really is. But yeah, so you had you had a whole broad range. You know, I had the ones that didn't really feel like, mm, you know, that this might not be as important mm-hmm. as the other ones on the the other end of the spectrum that were just like, yeah. this is a dream.
0: Yeah, uh, I just want a couple highlights for me that, you know, some of these kids really impressed me. So they all had, we all provided them with a, a tarp,
1: so for shelters, so the, for their shelter, shelter scale, Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, with paracord and tent stakes. Mm-hmm. So they were going to put up this, this tube tarp shelter that we taught them. Well, we had boundaries set up there. It was pretty big and very clear with, with cones that they had to be inside this boundary um, so that we could kind of keep an eye on them mm-hmm. um, so they weren't wandering off. Well, one of the first groups to start setting up their shelter, they were just outside the boundary. So I, they had unrolled their tarp, and I said, "Hey, hey, guys, you need to— Come back on this side of the cones. I need everybody um, out here in this area of the woods. And so they moved. They came set up. They did awesome that day. They Mm -hmm. got their shelter up. They Mm -hmm. got their water boiled. (laughs) They they, completed it. They They completed completed everything. everything. Mm -hmm. They really excelled. Well, at the end, we were having them clean up everything, put away their tarp. And as I walk over there to check their site to make sure there's no trash, three of the girls were sitting there putting their shoelaces back in their boots. (laughs) And I said what are you guys doing what'd you guys do with your shoelaces because we we gave them 50 feet of paracord right so why would they need why would they need any cordage right mm-hmm. and they said well you didn't give us any paracord so we tied our shoestrings together to get our tarp shelter up for the ridge line I thought <laughs> first of all I was like oh shoot we didn't give them then I was like no there was one in every bag
1: I checked every bag yes. so I knew they had paracord for sure so like they had sure. it
0: they had it But they had lost it. They lost it. But they never complained. I never knew it for hours. Well, we didn't know it until we were finished. They tied their shoelaces together and built their shelter. Right. They were very resourceful, and all kids are like that. All kids are like that. So it was so cool to see. But on the other hand, I was a little discouraged because they didn't take care of their stuff well enough to keep track of the cordage they were given. Right. So I went back to the area where I had first seen them set up in the wrong spot. And, uh, of course, the paracord was laying right there on the ground. Um, right. And I went and I brought it back to them. But it, it made for a good story. Uh, I was just really impressed that they never even complained. And they saw all the other people that had paracord. They just thought we were throwing them a challenge, and they overcame it. Well, that is what they explained to
1: us. They thought, oh, we thought you left it out mm-hmm. to make it harder for us, you know, which we didn't. Yeah. We, we gave everybody the same kit. Um, we wanted them to start off on the same base so that um, they could accomplish the, yeah. the skill. Um, so I, yeah, I thought it was hysterical because they thought that we put, put them up to that. Yeah. And then, uh, the same, uh, the same skill shelter building, we had another group that had, um, mixed the, what we call our modern shelter buildings. So with the tarp example, but then also a debris hut, which is more the primitive side where we use just, um, debris leaf leaves and sticks and twigs and logs. They somehow had enough time to build both. They built both within our timeline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Every group except for them, you know, they had just enough time to complete everything. But, again, that group.
0: And they did it right along the creek side. Mm-hmm. It was like if you were to build a house out there, that's where you would build a house. They they were really enjoying what they were doing.
1: They were. And they were on it, and they did a fantastic yep. job. So
0: so they they built shelters. Mm-hmm. They procured water. They did. They each had to show us that they could start a fire. Now, they didn't bring a, a Actual, we didn't let them have a sustainable fire, fire go but they had yet. to show that they could get a, mm-hmm. a flame with yes. a ferro rod, um, and then after that, they had to boil their water. Then we gave them a little snack and a treat, like as a reward to keep them going. Um, we gave them some time to eat their lunch, or they had to include time, yeah, in their time slot to eat their lunch. But then when they thought they were done, we we dropped a little bombshell on them, or an imaginary drone. It was imaginary drone yeah. came over. Yep,
1: and it uh, basically gave them a note to the teacher saying help has arrived, and in that the one member of their team broke a leg by stepping in an armadillo hole. Yeah, yeah. figuratively. None of figuratively, them actually yes, got hurt. Yes. So they got to then use their their first aid um, skills and and uh, the leg and e back their
0: their team out. Yeah, get them out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them did that pretty well. Some of them did it super fast some of them took a really long time but did it really really well um and i think there was one group that didn't quite didn't quite get it but they learned from that nonetheless my biggest note to that group was even though you didn't complete the task it was not a complete failure because they could each give me something that they learned something they would have done different so that's that's an important thing to take in life even though you may have not completed the task at hand next time you have that task you're going to be better because you learned from that first experience so n- nothing should ever truly be a failure um, it's just our perspective of that
1: yeah and when they do it again that's called growth right right absolutely They're growing for sure but which no that the which whole which we love to see yes and the whole thing the yeah it was an awesome awesome trip
0: mhm so something that was really impactful for me and i think you and i probably took more away from the very very end more than any other part of it So we we set them down in a circle at the very end before they were ready to leave. Uh, We call that our debrief. We do it with every program. You had some specific questions that were kind of task-specific about the final, um, but we didn't really get to them because it went a certain direction. Would you kind of enlighten and and tell about the power of the direction that that debrief went?
1: You betcha. So as we finished up with the first aid um, evac, we got back. Um, That's when we circled up and that's when I begin to debrief. I really want to ask them questions that get them thinking about what happened, and then how can they take with what they learned and use it, what I call the real world, so when they go back home. Um, But a question that I ask them is, what worked and what didn't? And when I asked them what worked and what didn't, I was referring to, you know, the skills. Did their -hmm. their tools work for them? You know, did they have enough resources to fulfill what they needed to fulfill? And and what they started answering was teamwork which every group (laughs) every group yeah and that does happen a lot because whenever we're doing any kind of outdoor program when you match up a couple to in this case we had five in each group um they're gonna have to learn how to work together and so in that question a lot of them said teamwork well I don't let it stop right there, at teamwork. Teamwork is a big, huge word. And a lot of people just use it as this filler. Like, yeah, There's teamwork. so much
0: with inside of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they'll even flip it and say, well, it's working together. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, teamwork. <laughs> you said it yeah, backwards. you hit yeah. it. You said it backwards. So we dug into it just a little bit. What is teamwork? Uh-huh. And that's when we started to really dig into what were the problems that they were having. It wasn't that. They didn't put their shelter up fast enough before the snowstorm came in. You know it wasn't that they were struggling with with a, a container to go get their water. It was that their peer wasn't listening to right. them when they when they would talk to them,
0: which led us to selfishness mm-hmm. and the word serving, yeah, so they they began to identify um
1: that Someone in the group was selfish, and we were able to then talk through what selfishness was. Some of them said that they were selfish. And themselves. some of them acknowledged that they were selfish, which takes a—you uh, have to be humble to do that. Some it's, vulnerability there. Yeah, sure. I mean, anybody listening to this, uh, <laughs> when you are selfish, it is hard to say that you are and, and to change that. And we but all are at times. We can be, yeah. and these kids, you know, we're doing it right there on the spot. And and then that allowed us to then talk about what worked, you know, we were able to move through that into what actually worked for them, which got into really communication. Mm -hmm. They're talking about how they could have communicated better, and then when it did work, it was because they were communicating clearly. Yeah. And that was amazing. Um, And in those questions, though, we got down to that core again of that um, we need to be selfless in regards to relationships, that we need to serve other people. And by doing so, whether it be a survival scenario, a real-life survival situation, or even at home and at school, That you can work together by effective communication and honestly letting people lead sometimes even when you think you're the leader.
0: Yeah, and to kind of round that out, we can teach them all the skills. We can go to college after college and gain all the skills and knowledge. But until we learn to die to ourselves and to serve the person next to us, before us, behind us, then we're not really going to be great leaders and we're not going to be as effective as we possibly could be at our job, at being a spouse, at being a, a parent. We're not going to be as effective at those until we learn to die to ourselves mm-hmm. and, and serve the people around us. For sure. And, and these 5th graders, were are figuring that out just because of an outdoor education program. Mm-hmm. It, it was powerful. It blew us away. Um, it blows. I mean, it's not the first time we've experienced that, but right. it just comes up every single time. Well, and
1: even the, the, the selflessness of taking your shoelace out of your boot to serve the rest of the group, so you yeah. guys can accomplish that
0: skill. Like so, they worked the rest of the day with a boot that kept falling. Yeah, them. they had loose shoes yeah. on for at least an hour and a half. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, but I mean, that is a that's a service they're they're serving um, their team, and and so being able to to use those examples um, for them to see it happen right then and there and help them yeah. understand what they it, did. It, it was,
0: was a great day. It was. The weather was beautiful. It was it was a great day. So now that we've told you about that program, you've kind of got some insight to what we do and what a day in the life of us putting on a program looks like, I want to pose you guys kind of with a question. Outdoor education for public schools. Most schools don't have a whole lot of outdoor education, a little bit of ag. There are some progressive schools that are realizing the need for it. We've met recently with some school districts that are seeking out some outdoor education for their students, and that's very encouraging to us. But what do you guys think should outdoor education be a more included part of a child's education
1: and that is a great question to ask i i think i'd like to talk about outdoor education um if you were to google you know outdoor education you're probably going to find it's it's the place that education would take place so it's outdoors your classroom's outdoors and we believe that we do that that's why we love to teach outdoors um for us, it's even more than than just outdoors. It's teaching everything outdoors. So mm-hmm. sometimes we are indoors teaching about the outdoors. Right. But having an outdoor classroom is very, very powerful. Um, you know, there's many ADD, ADHD, all of these DDDDs yeah. that we have. And, you know, with outdoor education, we believe that as we get kids
0: outside, has an impact yeah. on a lot of that. And and we're posing this question to you guys. So after you listen to this, find us find us Meant to Be Outdoors on Facebook or Instagram or even our website and email us. Tell us what you think and what you believe. If there's some way that we can help you get mm-hmm. outdoor education into a school that you're connected to, we would love to do that. I want to share a, a book I really enjoy, Ben. It's The Last Child in the Woods by Richard Louvre. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all kinds of evidence and research. This is a research-based book about the power of the outdoors and, and how getting away from it is damaging us and our youth. But there's a, it was a Swedish study, so Swedish researchers, they took two daycares. They called one the green daycare. And how the green day, daycare was defined was that these students went outside for multiple hours a day every single day regardless of the weather. The other daycare did not. What they found at the end of that research period was the kids that went outside every single day, not only were they better at paying attention, they had better attention spans, but they also had better motor skills. Same age, same schooling, same curriculum, but outside versus inside. That's powerful. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, Something else that comes up in this book, and other people are starting to latch on to this, we call it DAF but it's directed attention fatigue. Basically, we have a part of our brain that while we are paying attention to something, that part of that brain's responsibility is to block out other stimuli. So if you're watching the basketball game at home and the phone is ringing, you are blocking out that stimuli because you're focused on, and that is everywhere in our world, right? You're in your office typing and and somebody else's phone is ringing or there's a conversation going on. Um, you come home and you're looking at your phone, and your kids are trying to talk to you. Whatever that is, we're constantly blocking something out because our focus is so directed, um, usually to technology. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens when you go outside and you leave that technology away? Awakening. You're you're right. Yeah. That part of your brain gets to rest. You get to go outside. That part of your brain gets to rest, um, and and it's a fatigue that we don't even realize is happening. It's not like we're we're running a mile and we just feel drained. But at the end of the day, when you shut all that off and you lay in your bed and you're like, some days you didn't even do anything. Maybe you just watch TV all day, but you lay there and you're like, oh, I was so tired. Oh, well, I'm to sit at my
1: desk all day. Yeah, I mean, back in the day when we were working from desks and on the computer all the time, you know, after the at the end of the day, you I would feel beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally stared at that computer screen for eight hours. It's a challenge, right? So when we're doing that with our cell phones, our tablets our e-readers, the television, you know. um, Think about even kids today. um, Some some kids will watch a movie in the vehicle to the restaurant, get to the restaurant, may have to watch a movie on the phone, you know, some kind of video on the phone, and then they get back in the car to go home, watch that video, and then we get home, we turn the TV on, you know, and, and that's constant.
0: Yeah. Share a cool story that Richard Lou shared in this book. Ansel Adams, some of you probably heard of him, he's a historic American photographer. He's known for his his landscape, the early 1900s, these black and white landscape uh, photographs that he took. As a child, his parents were having such a hard time um, with his behavior. He was getting kicked out of school and people were telling him, well, he needs to be more physically active. And they're like, we have him in every sport he can be in. He's getting the physical activity. Well, they started to notice that when they were outside, his behavior became better they were like is could could out the outdoors possibly be the treatment he needs for his ADHD that's what he was diagnosed with this is in the early 1900s and mm-hmm. he, they were just struggling with him so they saw benefit from outside so what did they do they started taking him to the beach to the park they started scheduling these times to make sure that he spent this time outdoors and he went on to be this world famous photographer because they found healing in the outdoors to treat their son's ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can look up that story about Ansel Adams um, if you'd like, but we believe in the restorative power of the outdoors. So many skills that we teach include geometry and math and English, all these things that they're learning in the classroom.
1: Right. So what you're talking about though is we're not replacing it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an addition. We don't want to replace it. We just think it should be included more. What they're being taught in the public schools. The, the normal education let's keep let's keep that going. yeah let's add to I mean think about it they could even do an hour a day going out and doing some sort of outdoor educational activity yeah. outside or more than a just service a service project
0: game. for their community.
1: A service project yes um, those are very impactful as well. Um, even the outdoor skills that we love to teach, you know um, currently we've been running a lot of survival style programs. Yeah. people really want to learn that, that information it's awesome to know. But there's other types of outdoor education that, that you and I have taught. Um, we've done creek hikes. We're looking for crawdads, you know, macroinvertebrates.
0: Yeah, biology. I, you know me. I as know. A that's biologist, that's your I love world. mixing those lessons. Tree identification. In. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, even even look at your seasons. You know, in the spring as the the plants begin to pop up, um, there's awesome, awesome apps out there that they can help you discover what those plants are. Yeah. Right? And so it's just, it's spending time out there. Connecting. And getting connecting, connected with yes, it. Yes. And learning learning new things that you didn't know.
0: Yeah, and, and we don't feel like we're reinventing the wheel here. I mean, our creator, he he set an example for this, Ben.
1: He did, and that actually reminds me of um, Ashley Denton. He's an author of the Outdoor Christian Leadership book, and inside it he shares that Jesus Christ taught 51% of his ministry in
0: the outdoors. Can you believe that? Yeah, and you can you can see that. As you read through the Bible, there's all kinds of examples of where he is outdoors teaching. Um And that really goes, that's a big reason why we started our company, why we left our careers Mm -hmm. to really risk and do what we're doing. Um, We put a lot of stuff at risk. You know, we both have two young children each and, and wives to support, and we built great careers, master's degrees. We did all this, but for over a decade, we're so passionate about the example that Jesus set, the talents and the passions that he gave you and I, along with the experiences and the people that he put in our path, we just felt like we we had to share it. Well, let's
1: let's let's tell them that because I remember, yeah, ten years ago, you and I kind of getting together, and be like, we've got to we've got to run some outdoor programs. Like, right. we uh, we got to teach these kids how to. I think one example we were together and a, a kid was trying to put his kayak in the back of a truck, like trying to tie it down. Yeah, and he didn't even know how to. So simple. Yeah, how to just use one piece of cordage to use a trucker's hitch to to make it stay there, you yeah. know, and Try we were like, tie we, overhand knot to tie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, let's, let's use a thousand foot of rope and then we'll just have to cut it later, you know, yeah. but that being so basic, we're talking even in behavior of, of, as we're running programs for the organizations we were working for, seeing that behavior was really the core of, for me personally, the core of everything that mm-hmm. we do, you know, and that's where, that's why Christ was teaching his ministry in the outdoors. And, Living by example, first and foremost, and as his followers were like, why are we doing this, or, or starting to complain, or why. Right. He, right in the moment, he was able to teach and share with them why or why
0: not. It's also powerful um, to be private entrepreneurs like we are, because we can share what we believe, um, and that's an awesome thing about living in this country that we live in. We can share what we believe, um, and the only thing we're putting at risk is, is our business, but we're going to glorify God through that, even if it does, uh, does risk our business. Um, but it, it really, we you know, we've talked a lot about the kids, right? Mm-hmm. We we obviously believe that outdoor education is a big thing, but parents, man, I, I think about, it was actually an adult program that, that we were putting on, and uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but at the end of it, this mom asked, she said, well, guys, this is all awesome. We love it, but we want... Our kids, we realize the need for our kids to spend more time outdoors. How would we do that? How do we get our kids to go outside? Mm-hmm. And you weren't being rude, but you flipped that on her, and you said, how much time do you spend outside? Well, that that's the question. How are they going to go outside?
1: You know, again, they may have a backyard, they may have a playground, but how are they going to go out and do more than that without the parents? Right. It, they can't. You know, it, it, it comes down to parents. So she was
0: truly wanting to know, how do I get my kids outside? Take them. Yeah, take them. <laughs> and, you know, somebody, there's there's tons of excuses people can throw out. Well, my backyard is is 10 by 10. Too cold. Too cold. Too hot. Yeah, I don't have enough room. Right. You know,
1: go in your backyard, take a hat, a shoe box, throw it, and then look at what you find underneath it. Do a one-by-one one square. What are the plants? Are there insects? Yeah. Uh, animal, I mean,
0: it is an excuse. Yeah. But are if excuses. we teach them to make excuses, then they're going to make excuses too. But yeah. it, it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be elaborate. These kids need to be outside experiencing nature. Um, something fun that I do with my son: we have a worm contest. Who can find the biggest worm? Right. So one, we're adding in competition. It's fun. There's bonding there because we're doing it together. But also, we're we're learning. Where are the worms? Yeah. I mean, are we looking in the trees? No, they're they're in the soil. You may have to dig. You may have to flip you're going to find other things along the way, right? right? Simple, silly game, but there's there's power and there's learning there.
1: Right. And, again, that's why we started Meant to Be Outdoors because we, or I'm speaking we, you as my business partner, I, I know you believe what I do. We believe that um, Christ led by example in the outdoors, mm-hmm. and, and we want to follow that. Yep. I want to follow that. And then getting outdoors. When you're out there, there are so many new things to learn, experience. Um, I love technology. You'll never stop learning if you're spending time outdoors. You well, know, I love technology. I I used to play the video games in the day. You know, <laughs> you love it,
0: but y'all don't get along very good. <laughs> there are yes. <laughs> seems uh, like everything you touch breaks if it's got a. If it's technology, chip it, it seems to break. It.
1: it doesn't last very long. You are right. But you know, I enjoyed the days of gaming and playing. But as a kid, I would spend time outdoors and play outdoors mm-hmm. until it was dark. Yeah, and then when I came in, if I had time before bed, that's when I got to play my video games, and it was, it was moderation, you know, and that's why I don't want our listeners out there to think we think technology is awful and bad because no, we
0: we have TVs and video games and yes. iPads, we have all that stuff in our house. But too. I make
1: time to take my kids outdoors. Yes. you know, I make time to take them camping. I make time to take them fishing with me. I'm, I'm gonna make time. For, I'm gonna make it a priority instead of letting the
0: the and letting the technology be the parent. And what you'll find when you start making that time. Now your kids are going to start asking for that time. They do. Daddy, can we go outside? Can 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 I play in the sandbox while you cook supper? Like yeah. These kids are going to start asking to be outside uh, because we're all part of it. We, we're part of creation. We want to be a part of it. People pay. It cracks me up. People say, oh, I'm not an outdoors person. I'm a city person. And then they go pay double for an apartment because it has a patio.
1: Mm-hmm. We <laughs> all want to be outside.
0: <laughs> we want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it is just. It's a great point. It, it's crazy because even people that are uncomfortable with it find a way to make outside comfortable to them, and I think that's kind of what we we can do for our kids.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's why you and I like to even teach and educate, inspire even the adults with new skills, even mm-hmm. how to dress. I mean, if if you could learn how to dress just to go outside, it changes your comfort of being out there. I mean, yeah. it, it's a very simple thing, you know, even. We have a whole program for that. Yeah, over the last 15 years of you and I running outdoor programs for kids, you know, the number one thing when it starts getting cold and I've got kids, I'll say, I'm cold, I'm cold. And I'll look at them. Zip up your coat. Yeah, yeah. Their (laughs) coat will be unzipped. I'm like, zip it up. It's, you know, but maybe they're uh, just not thinking through on that. Uh Maybe they weren't taught that, but those are the things that we forget because we don't spend a lot of time outdoors as a culture, as a, as a nation, perhaps. Right, absolutely. And, you know, just dressing properly, um, can set you up for comfort, set your kids up for comfort so that you can spend yeah. time out there and even more time than maybe you
0: had in the past. And schools are a great place to start with that. It is. Um, you know, not all kids, not all kids have, uh, parents at home to take them out or right. the opportunity to do so. So if they can get that at school, how powerful would that be? So, uh, I th- I think it should be included in school. I hope people that are listening think it should be included in school and I'd love to hear people's feedback.
1: Yeah, and I, we'd love your feedback. You know, recess is awesome. You know, I know kids get to go have recess, but what we're talking about with outdoor education is different than recess. Mm-hmm. It is a is a led, it's led by there's structure. Yeah, there's structure to it. It is led by someone responsible, usually mm-hmm. the teacher, right? Or it could be like us coming in as, as educators and, and helping with that. But it could be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. You are you have structure to it. There's something, le- you know, they're learning something behind it. It could be curriculum-based mm-hmm. or it could be some other programs that we teach, which are just for fun. But a lot of times it's going to lead to behavior. You know, the example we talked about earlier with the de- debrief afterwards, the kids didn't want to talk about the skills. No, they did not. They want to talk about their interaction with their peers. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times that's what it leads to. So that leader being prepared to help them talk through relationships, Yeah. you know, their peers, how, how they interacted with their peers, because th- at the end of the day, that is usually the problem is people not. Not the tree. Right. Just, <laughs> Not the grass. Yeah. You know, it's it's their peers. And so helping them, yeah, to grow and learn in that.
0: And then for me on the stewardship side, Ben, if, if people now are, if, if we're increasing youth or families to enjoy the outdoors, the more you are a part of something. So if you take a family that never spends time outdoors and you start teaching them outdoor education, now they're spending more and more time outdoors. Well, guess what? Now they care more. Mm-hmm. Guess what? All. Conservation now is impacted because they're going to care more about taking care of this these resources. Right. But if they're not engaged and they're not part of it, well, why would they care?
1: Correct. At the end of the day, I believe that the reason that they, they being people that don't want to go into the outdoors or as we sometimes re- reference the wilderness, yeah, is because it does lead to trials. It does. So our life, we have trials all the time. But when you take... They'll never stop. They don't stop. Yeah. When you take that to the outdoors... The outdoors will actually expose your beliefs, who you right. are. I mean, it does. It exposes you. And sometimes people fear that. They don't want them to see, you know, they don't want their kids to see maybe how frustrated they get. They're, they're maybe the, the, the real anger they have, you know, because it exposes it exposes them. Yeah. And that is why I love guiding and facilitating in the outdoors, because then I can help both the kids and the adults to work through Whatever
0: emotions, whatever trials that it's presenting, go backwards to go forwards. Yeah, and and you've probably heard if you're in your comfort zone, there's not a lot of growth there,
1: right? That's actually in your comfort zone is where we um, not regenerate, uh, where we decompress, rest, it's where we yeah. rest. you know, it's it's where we and we need that. We need to have that comfort. Yeah, you know, but. Outside of the comfort, now we're getting into the actual learning, or they call it the stretch zone. That's where yeah. we begin to learn, which is why we want to get people out. Mm-hmm. You know, the ring outside of that is called the panic zone, and if someone's in the panic, there is no learning that can take place. So that's why we, we're we going to set it, any of our programs up to where there is perceived risk. We want people to get in that stretch zone so that to they're grow. learning. Yeah. You know, if anyone was ever getting that panic zone, we understand there's no learning there. We're going to remove them or bring them back from that. Yeah. But yeah, that stretch zone is so powerful because again, that's that's where they're at. It exposes their beliefs.
0: Yeah, that that's great, man. And we we could stay on this topic all day. And absolutely, if you listen to this podcast, it's not the last time you're going to hear us talk about this because it's what we're passionate about. It's why we started our business. It's why we started this podcast. It's what we want to share with people. Um, so I hope you guys are taking something from this. Mm-hmm. We will continue to dive more and more into this area as we go through. But uh, I hope today that you've been encouraged, that you are interested in our stories and what we do, and I hope that you guys would provide us some feedback on, particularly, should public schools include in their curriculum outdoor education or should it be extracurricular? There are ways to reach out to us, Facebook, Instagram, or even through our email if you go to our website, right? Correct. So we hope you guys uh, consider this a blessing to listen to some of our experiences You guys have blessings in your life, you have talents in your passions, and we hope that you will use those to serve other people, not just yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meant to Be Outdoors. Between now and the next one, guys, we want you to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandel. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.